Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Hey there, everybody. It's Bridget McGowan, and welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. Today, I have with me a very special lady. I'm very excited to share her bio with you, but you know how I do. It's going to be later in the show before you hear the bio, because I want you to learn from Quinn Conyers. First and foremost, Quinn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Now, I am always curious, because most people don't just wake up and say, or, or most, people, most people are not born and walk into life saying, I'm going to be a speaker. I, that is what I'm going to do to earn a living. So I'm always curious as to how people got into the speaker world. What did you do before you became a professional speaker, Quinn? Well, it's interesting. I think before I answer the question about, you know, how I even entered into the world of professional speaking, I think it's really advantageous to look at maybe three instances where speaking chose me. And I would definitely say that speaking chose me um, in college when I was an undergrad. And I remember being a freshman, getting on to campus and walking into my, you know, public speaking class for the very first time. And everybody was petrified. I was the only one who was not. That should have been a sign that I was going to be okay to use my voice. And also, I remember in ninth grade, that was my early recognition of me realizing what I wanted to do. And I remember being mesmerized by Oprah. Like I want to be a talk show host. And that was probably another instance. But um, again, the third kind of like buzzword or occurrence or coincidence, however you want to say, that really kind of left an imprint on me was when it was time to graduate from college. And I went to a predominantly white institution called Westchester University in Westchester, Pennsylvania. And we had two ceremonies. We had a kente ceremony where all the uh, students of color graduated on Friday. And then we graduated again on Saturday with the general population of the school. And literally, I remember I was very active. I was an RA. I was a peer mentor. I was very active on campus, uh, multicultural recruitment team president. And I remember being a part of this organization called Office of Multicultural Affairs. And literally, they are the ones who put together the Kente celebration. And I said, hey, I want to speak at Kente. And they were like, Quinn, well, you know that the keynote presentation goes to the president of the Black Student Union, which happens to be the biggest, largest minority group on campus campus. It happens to be Marissa, who was the president, was in the office too. She's like, oh no, Quinn is just as active as me. She can go ahead and speak. And that was the first time I spoke in front of 1,500 people as a college student, 21 years old. And I was like, this is what I want to do. The rush, the fulfillment that I got was nothing like I could ever experience. And there was no money attached. So once I found out you can get money to do this, oh, it was a completely different thing. So I wanted to share with you kind of how speaking chose me and how there was a, this tug in my heart very early on that I couldn't explain it, but I knew it was something. What's the most important thing you do when you speak? I would say the most important thing that I do is really to make sure that especially women, 
particularly Black women, understand the value in their voice, but also understand that their voice is their secret weapon if they want to be in business or if they want to advance in their career. And I feel like way too often a lot of speakers, a lot of women, you know, are really muted, muzzled, or silenced, and I'm on a mission to give their voice back to them. But mm-hmm. Okay, that is, that's amazing. And, and I had to laugh when you were saying, oh man, when I found out that I could get paid for speaking, oh, it's on. So I know that you talk to women about that value in their voices. What do you do for your audiences? Talk to me more about that. It's two things. The first thing is teaching them how to realize the, the value in their voice. I also teach my audience, my customers and clients that have the opportunity to serve, how to articulate their awesomeness. Because I find that we know what we do, but we sometimes struggle or have challenges putting that into words. But more importantly, what I do for people, what I'm good at, what my superpower is, what makes me special, different, and unique is my ability to give them a message makeover. And a lot of times we are lied to in business. We're lied to in corporate America. We've been told that all you need to be successful is an elevator pitch. And then to be honest with you, I disagree. I think that you need much more than that. So what I do for my audiences is give them a message makeover. How do I give a message makeover? By teaching them how to retire their elevator pitch and replace it with a clear, concise, and compelling verbal business card. So they can tell the world what they do in their business, or they can tell the world what they do in their corporate career. When I tell you I am madly in love with that, because <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves, Quinn, and you, you probably can relate to this. One of my biggest pet peeves is to ask someone, what do you do? And the answer is, oh, I work at XYZ company. No, <laughs> What do you do? If you ask me, I tell you, I make professionals the most engaging, dynamic, incredible communicators ever. That's what I do. And so I love what you do with these makeovers, with these message makeovers. So people are not so tied to a corporation or so tied to a job title or company name, but this is what you do on the inside. Now, What do you think gets in the way of people not realizing this beforehand and needing you to bring them to the light? (laughs) Well, at the end of the day, it's not been taught. It's not something that people really look into it. People don't know they need me until they experience me. And what you just mentioned is what I call a title Tina. And there's a lot of title Tinas walking around or title Toms. So you ask them, what do they do? Uh, They'll answer it. Oh, I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a business coach. I'm an accountant. And what happens is they're not they're one they're number one leaving money on the table or getting overlooked for opportunities because they haven't realized how to verbalize their value you're so much more than just a title but again people seem to spend and invest money on things that are needed but they don't really focus too much on the things that are necessary so once you get it once you experience me then i can go ahead and, and do some massaging to that message to make sure that you shine and get either that promotion get that next opportunity or grow in your business by getting more customers and clients. Quinn, I know that you are on a mission to train women how to make their voices visible in their careers and in businesses so they can sit 
or stand at any table with confidence and you believe that your voice isn't just a sound that comes out of your mouth, but it's a blissful marriage of your thoughts and perspectives coupled with your experience and expertise. Now, everybody, Quinn has over four years, uh, four years, 14 years of speaking, training, and leadership experience, and she takes pride in showing women, especially those with diverse backgrounds, how to be clear, concise, compelling, and confident every time they open their mouths. What is one lesson, one teaching tip or strategy that you can give listeners right now, Quinn, that, that teaches them how to be clear? concise, compelling, and or confident every time they speak? Absolutely. My number one tip that I would give is to remove discount dialect from your vocabulary, erase it from your vernacular. And at the end of the day, most people are probably asking me, what is discount dialect? Discount dialect is words and language that we use unconsciously that disrespects and downgrades our business or what we do in our corporate careers. And at the end of the day, women especially are using discount dialect. And this is the reason they're getting overlooked. I'll give you an example. You want to start a business? I can help you. Need your taxes done? I can help you. Want to become a better communicator? I can help you. And in my opinion, what you're doing is positioning yourself as the help. And I want women to know that help, in my opinion, is a discount dialect word. Now, what you're doing is positioning yourself as the help because you've been using help in all of your marketing material, help in your podcast, help on your website. When people come to you, they just want your help, which is translated to, can I pick your brain? So there's so many things that you do awesome and amazingly well. By removing the word help, I want women, especially women speakers, especially women entrepreneurs to know that you are not the help, but you are the hero. You are literally the answer to somebody's prayers. You are the solution to somebody's problem. And if you want to position yourself as such, you can't use words like help that discount and downgrade your business. Instead, you want to use what I call luxury language. And that is words and language that literally uplifts, empowers, and puts your greatness on a pedestal that it belongs. So you can assist, you can coach, you can develop, you can deliver, you can enhance, you can evolve but you don't help anyone in business in your career. And as soon as you begin to use powerful language and words to articulate what you do, that is when your message makeover begins. And that's what I teach. I want to start shouting. I'm over here (laughs) clenching my fists. I'm pumping them in the air because I'm giving you a silent yes, 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 and yes. I... (laughs) I, oh, I, I, I don't have the words. I just don't have the words, but I will just say this, uh, control C, control V, copy paste <laughs> that Quinn just said. I, I, I scream that from the rooftops. Don't dim your light. Don't make yourself less noticeable in order to make other people more comfortable. Uh, we could just go on down the list. I, oh my goodness. I, but you know, it's not even our faults. I mean, you, you have to understand that you and I are comfortable and confident in using our voice. But there's been a time where, especially as black women, we have been trained and taught to be quiet. Don't speak unless spoken to. Women are supposed to be seen, but not heard. Or depending on what kind of household you grew up in, don't tell anybody what goes on in this house. So we have been conditioned to be quiet. 
we have been conditioned to not use our voice. And now that we are in a new century, we're in a new era, we're in a new decade of 2021, and everybody is requiring us to speak up, we would love to, but to be honest, we don't know how. So that is why I'm on a mission, again, to teach people, not only do you speak, do are you the spokesperson for your business, your book, your brand, or your career, it's also about getting your confidence and your courage up to use the voice that God has given you. Because a lot of us don't know how to do that. And it sounds good, but we don't know how to do that. Or you've been what I call, you know, work hurt. You, you might have been at a job for years. And when you used to talk, they used to look at their watch and give you the nonverbal cues to shut up. Or maybe you were talking and people would roll their eyes. Or maybe you're the only woman or black woman. It was a room full of white men and you never felt encouraged. So your voice has been muted. And now I'm coming in and taking all these layers off and giving your voice the rebirth that it needs. But that's a process. So it's not just use your voice, speak up. It's understanding why you have been quieted and how we can change that. Mm, and Quinn is the one to change it. Quinn's work experience includes raising over $4.5 million in charitable donations for the United Way of Central Maryland, managing a $300,000 monthly budget for yellowpages.com, and working as a multimedia account executive for Radio One before branching out on her own as an in-demand coach and consultant for organizations and individuals who value the voice of women in the workplace. What was the scariest part part about branching out on your own because there's a level of comfort that comes from being on a company roster and being an employee what was the scariest part Quinn I don't I think people fear fear Bridget I fear regret I don't want to look up and be 60, 70, or 80 years old wondering what would have happened if I would have tried to be a full-time entrepreneur, if I would have tried to make money speaking, if I would have tried to make money as an entrepreneur. And literally, I was pregnant with my first son. I went to my husband and I said, I can't do this. I can't be a wife a mother, an entrepreneur, and an employee, because I literally was running my side business speaking and doing some other things as I was working full time. But I felt it in my spirit that it was time to go. And I went to my husband and I wasn't making six figures. You know, I was telling him, you know, I wasn't, people say, oh, that's my six figure job. No, I didn't have a six figure job. You know, I had a job, I was making pretty decent money. And I literally was like, I can't go back. And he's like, you're not going back to work, are you? I'm like, no, give me one year to work this business. I said, if we're about to get foreclosed on, the kids ain't eating, I will go back and get a job. And he allowed me to do that. And here I am almost six years later because my son is about to be six. I have a uh, five-year-old and my four-year-old just turned four today. But that is literally there wasn't a fear. It was a more, of, I gotta do this now. I just felt like the timing, like, and I'm so happy I was obedient. Cause I just feel like a lot of times we get those inklings or we get those feelings and we don't act on them, but something just felt right. Like this is the time. So that's why, um, I didn't have any fear, but it was more or less, I wanted to scratch that itch to see what if. I want to back up though and talk about the side hustle, if you will. Yeah. Like at what point, because I think some of the listeners may be in this position where they are working in corporate America, they are experts in a certain area and truly could speak on that and make money on the side, but they're not really sure when is the right time? When does it make sense? When did it hit you where you were going to 
you know, keep the day job, but then let me do this little side speaking hustle. Well, it was a combination. So I was speaking and I was having a business. So um, before I got heavy into this, I ran a bag business called Purse Paparazzi, where I sold custom handbags for women who attended HBCUs, historically Black college and universities, as well as women who were members of a sorority. So I had 11 licenses. So I could create purses for AKAs, Deltas, Howard University, North Carolina A&T, which is some of the companies. So I was getting speaking requests because people wanted to know how I started this bag business for this niche market. And then of course I was selling the handbags. Um, but to be honest with you, when I started to make more money in a weekend than I was in a month, I was like, it's time to go. Mm. But I was literally making more money in a weekend than I was working two weeks or a month at my job. And also too, the speaking requests were coming in. Can you come and speak at two o'clock? I'm like, I got a meeting with marketing at two. So when the business started to kind of impede on like my nine to five, I'm like, okay, well, you got to make a decision. But I, I just felt it. I mean, we were growing, you know, I, I couldn't take off anymore. You know, it just was like, okay, it, it's, it's, it's just time to go. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Now, talk to me about one of your favorite presentations. I know you have a, a cadre of topics, but what's one that's just at the top of the list and what makes it so special? I love teaching, training, keynoting, workshopping on turn conversations into cash. That's probably one of my favorites. And then my next favorite is make your voice visible in the workplace. So turn conversations into cash is what I love to do for my women entrepreneurs and my women speakers. Here's the reason why. I personally believe that we tend to focus and invest our money then on things that are needed and we avoid or we have no clue on the things that are necessary. So my whole thing is if you want someone to swipe their credit card, pay that invoice or enroll in your coaching program, it all starts with a conversation. But we don't know how to have conversations that lead to cash. So I just show people the value in, again, having a verbal business card so people are go from interested to invested in working with you after one conversation. So with that, I teach them why they don't need an elevator pitch. I teach them why they need a verbal business card. I teach them what goes into it a verbal business card. So now your mouth becomes your number one marketing tool for your business. And then my second one, more on the corporate side, is make your voice visible in the workplace. Because, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but 2.2 million women left the workforce in 2020. And some of the reasons why is because obviously paid discrepancies, um, lack of leadership roles, but also feeling like their voice was unseen or unheard. So I work with companies who, again, value the voices of women and show these women how to become their own advocate, showing them I have a whole model called how to, you know, literally teaching these women how to use their voice so they can sit or stand at any table with confidence. And when I teach them, I teach them, you know, how to show up without saying a word. I teach them literally how to, um, you know, uh, transform the way they speak about their business, how to acknowledge work hurt, how to use luxury language, how to set their non-negotiables. So now they are literally knowing how to leverage and lean into their voice so they can be widely successful in their career. I'm over here just about to explode. I mean, just bursting at the seams because you said something that caught my attention, how to show your power without saying a word, how to, 
right, how to be seen and be heard without saying anything. And I think I even blogged about that back in 2020 or maybe 2019, how to say I am powerful without even saying, without uttering. That means we're alive, Bridget. That means alignment. It's, I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm, there's just nothing I can disagree with you on here today. It's, it's insane. I don't think I've ever been so aligned with a guest. It's, it's crazy insane. Quinn, I know you've been featured in Black Enterprise, Essence, also in So Empowered and Young, Man, Young Money magazines. You've been on the cover of Vision and Purpose, as well as Empowering Women to Speak Out magazines. Now, here's something that is going to be interesting to the listeners. You made the second round of Shark Tank auditions how many times? Four, not one, not two, not three, but four separate times. Oh my goodness. And you appeared in Entrepreneur's Elevator Pitch TV show. Plus you have authored two books. That spells confidence to everybody (laughs) listening. That just spells to, you know, hey, she just came out the gate swinging punches. What is an everyday practice that the average man or woman can put in place that can build their confidence or build their speaking chops where they feel like they can just get anywhere, get in any room and own it? I would say learning the art of speaking in sound bites. Um, I know that if you're a speaker, a lot of times we put a lot of energy and emphasis on storytelling. And I believe that storytelling is amazing, but sometimes you might not have 60 seconds or a minute or five minutes to tell your story. But what I think that can really grow and propel a person's speaking career is if they hone in on sound bites. It's funny because I've always talked like this. I didn't realize that speaking in sound bites was a skill set that was desired and really appreciated um, by really the audience. Because I think as speakers, we're taught all about storytelling, vocal variety, enunciation, using our body language. But sometimes we don't have the 60 sec. I mean, the 60 minutes or 30 seconds to make our point. So if you want to grow, I highly recommend speaking in sound bites. And what is that? Quick, concise, and compelling ways to communicate. So if you ask me, Quinn, what's the best way that women can grow? They need to learn how to verbalize their value. They need to learn how to articulate their awesomeness. So juicy nuggets that bring your point home, but it's just enough to kind of have them think like, huh, you know, even when I said you got to use luxury language and not discount dialect. Word and language that you're using that you're speaking in a way that people want to know more of, but it's not as long-winded. Alliteration and assonance. Those are two of the wonderful tools you can use. Alliteration is the repetition of consonant sounds and then assonance is the repetition of vowel sounds. And you do that beautifully with discount dissonance, Uh, discount dissonance, discount (laughs) dialect. That is an example of alliteration. You do it wonderfully with luxury language. You do it wonderfully wonderfully with another one that I heard that was an example of, uh, uh, that was an example of assonance where you said, It was something using awesome or awesomeness. I'm awesome and amazing. Articulate your awesomeness. Articulate your awesomeness. So that is an example, a slight example of assonance. So everybody, I want you to start thinking about ways that you can articulate your messages, but you're using short phrases and all the better if those short phrases are made in a way 
or articulated in a way that makes them more memorable. So the shorter the phrase and then using that alliteration, using that assonance or using like the juxtaposition of two ideas that seem counter to each other, uh, you know, we've heard big things come in small packages. So that's something that's easy for us to remember because it's the juxtaposition of two seemingly, well, obviously opposite uh, items or opposite ideas. So I love the sound bite recommendation. I cannot tell you how much I love, love, love that. Now, Quinn, I know that you are currently the host of Speak Black Woman podcast. You're a faculty member at the Black Speakers University. You sit on the board of Global Black Women Chamber of Commerce and the Better Business Bureau. You earned your bachelor's degree from Westchester University in Pennsylvania and a master's degree from Howard University in our nation's capital. What was a pivotal moment or what from your background, whether it's being a host of a podcast, whether it's serving on a board or attending Howard, whatever, what was a moment in your life where you just knew you were supposed to help women? Hmm. I don't know if I always knew that I was supposed to really serve women, but it's funny because as loud and unsilenced and unmuted as I am right now, there was a period in time where I lost my voice. There was a period in time where I didn't have the confidence and courage to speak up. It wasn't because I doubted if I was a good speaker or not. It's because I had lost my voice in in front of a hundred people. I literally lost my voice in front of a hundred people. I had realized that you can make your money not speaking, not just from getting an upfront honorarium, but you can speak and sell from the stage. So I thought that I would try this out. So literally I had booked the venue. I got 170 people to RSVP. 100 people showed up. I got eight of my good girlfriends to serve as volunteers. I paid for the photographer, the venue, as well as the photographer. I was giving them information and doing a workshop on how they can sell more products at events because that's what I was successful at at the time. At the end of the presentation, I expect half of the room to get up and run to the back of the room and sign up for my coaching program. Absolutely, positively, nobody moved. I felt as if I was naked in front of the football team, as if I got down to propose and literally the guy was like, no, thanks. I'm not interested. And at that moment, I felt like God had made a mistake. So I stopped speaking for about three years because I'm like, I'm over it. I'm tired of it. Nobody was trying to pay me. I was trying to get workshops and seminars. Like you can come and speak, but nobody had a budget or honorarium. So I was like, I quit. I'm going to focus my energy on entrepreneurship. I'm going to leave speaking alone. It wasn't for a good girlfriend named Tiffany Bathia about three years later, I said, Quinn, when's your next workshop? When are you speaking again? I was like, oh girl, I quit. I don't speak anymore. I'm just going to focus on these handbags and sell like that. And she says, Quinn, you're not good at speaking. You're anointed to speak. That broke my silence. I realized there was a piece of me that wasn't fulfilled and I need to get back into the speaking industry. And part of my message is to women. So I don't know, I hear your question, but, but that was the missing piece. And when I would talk to mixed crowds, like men and women, it was cool, but it was something about women. Matter of fact, it was something about black women who kind of really stirred my soul up a little bit that I couldn't explain, but I wanted more of it. 
Ooh, 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 ooh. I love that answer. I love, love that answer. Do you use that story in any of your presentations? I do, but probably not as much as I should because I have so many stories that I pull out. But I have shared that story, you know, and I will share it as well um, at my Speak Black Women experience that I'm having on May 22nd. But yeah, I, I definitely because it, it's, it's, it, it, is connected to my second book, which is Speak Black Woman, How Women in Business Can Profit from Public Speaking. So I do share it, probably not as much as I should, but it's, it's a very powerful story. If you were not a professional speaker and you were not a coach or a consultant, then what would you do or what would you be? I think I would be somewhere in sales because I'm a people person. I think that I would be, if I wasn't a speaker, I mean, the only other thing that I could see myself doing is, you know, selling, talking, doing something. I don't even, I can't even put my mind around not doing this. And I think that's why I was so good at sales because it required me to speak and do workshops and presentations. So I can't even imagine, you know, what else I could be. Or I think I would be a professional athlete because I love sports. Ah, okay. What sport? Give me a sport. I love basketball. I love basketball and I love watching football. So I love watching football and I love playing the sport of actual basketball. So yeah. When it comes to your presentations, what are your must haves? Oh, (laughs) must haves is sneakers. I do not speak in heels. I have retired my heels as of three years ago. I literally was speaking at an event 20 minutes into my presentation. My feet were killing me. I was convinced that my pinky toe was disconnected from my foot. Like it just was not there. And I was like, if I am focused on me and not my audience, I am not speaking and serving. So that is when I made up my mind that I will no longer speak in heels, that I choose to speak in sneaks. So I can focus on my audience as well as I can practice self-care as a speaker. Because we all know that we're like crying to get out of those heels, to get into our flats at the end of our presentation. Don't let there be a lot of people who want to talk to you afterwards. Now all you can think about is beelining to these flats. So I would definitely say, you know, um, me speaking in sneakers. Mm. And, you know, part of that, because I know people find it a little uncomfortable, quote unquote, uncomfortable to not have this full put together, you know, dress shoes and suit and all of that. But the important message to remember is if you have your content tight, If you have your message right, if you are ready to pour into your audience, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter what you have on, but I don't think people are going to get worked up over you having on sneakers. If you're- oh, no, people love it. I mean, they love it because I'm, I'm still coordinated. I'm not coming in with a tracksuit on. So it is a blazer. It is a pencil skirt. I'm super fabulous. It's just that there is, it doesn't look like the orthopedic sneakers. It looks like very stylish sneakers that I tried. Like this was put together. This was intentional. So, yeah, I mean, the first time I did it, I felt so liberated. I felt so free. And then this was in front of a live audience because I was hosting and speaking. And they just was like, I love it. Like, this was the best ever. So, yeah, there's there's plenty of pictures of me floating around. And you'll see me all dressed and in sneakers on my feet. Um, I might, I might, I'm already short. But, you know, I look even shorter because most women have on heels. But I'm like, it, it's become now my signature. 
Well, and that's exactly what I was about to say. That is part of your signature. That is your hallmark. And it's fantastic. Everybody, if you can find something that is just a signature look, a signature message, a signature something that people specifically associate with you, all the better all the better because you want to make yourself memorable for all the right reasons. And you, you crack me up. I'm not Bridget. I'm not showing up in a track suit. I didn't say you showing up in a track suit. I didn't to insinuate. That's what I was thinking. I know better than that. I don't roll like that. Anything else that the audience needs to know to make sure they can own the microphone the next time they're on a stage? Yeah, you know, I would love to invite them. I'm having a complimentary event. It's called the Speak Black Woman Experience. It's May the 22nd. And literally, I'm teaching you how to leverage lean in to your voice as an entrepreneur. And I'm celebrating the birth of my second book. And if anybody is interested, they can go to quinconyers.com, click on events, and that's where they can find it. Again, quinconyers.com, click on events, and they can get their complimentary ticket to the Speak Black Woman Experience. Quinn, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure and honor. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone. <laughs>